This is the global frequency. 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 I can see it. See it. <laughs> it looks good. Um, you're looking handsome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the week again. Um, but it's also, well, it's not, no, it's the time of the year again. Um, it's it's the 28th of November. It's eight o'clock. And it's the latest edition of the Global Frequency. But it's also um, my birthday. So it's Old Man CJ Day. Um, so welcome. Welcome to the latest edition. I'm joined by my my regular compadre, TC, in the house. How are you, man? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm all right. A little bit older, a little bit closer to death, but still incredibly positive about the world around me. It's a bit, it's weird times this week. I didn't really plan the show out as properly as I usually do, but actually I did do some prep last week, so that's quite nice. Um, being quick off the mark sometimes helps. But it's, again, it's been another one of those interesting weeks. Now, I'm not here to lecture you, um, as I never do. I'm just here to encourage you to get involved. Because if you don't, the stupid people will. But before I get onto that, right? So it's my birthday, okay? And it was a friend's birthday of mine. And um, we got invited to a place called Sushi Rumba in central London. Now, I've never, I've never been to this place before. But I, got, I was told it's not casual, so I did myself up, you know. Put, uh, put uh, you know, smart jeans on, nice shoes. Didn't really comb my hair out, so it was like you know, full on throwing out. Um, and uh, and like I figured it would just be a restaurant. Got off at Liverpool Street. There was a lift up. I was like, oh, all right, this would be quite nice. Um, this would be all right. Get into the place. And the guy, the bouncers there, like, oh, welcome, come here. If you go straight to 439. Yep. Like, keep going. I was like, what? Yep, keep going. Floor 39. I've, I've, I don't think I've been to the 39th floor anywhere, um, let, let alone uh, for a restaurant, bar, club. Getting to the lift, it's a glass lift on the outside of said building. Now, I don't like heights at the best of times. I'm finding planes. But I do not like heights at the best of times. And the 39th floor alone, I started panicking. <laughs> but I don't panic the way other oh, people wow. panic, right? So the lift goes up and it's like, what is this? It's 39th floor, yeah? Okay. Yeah. It's sure it's 39th floor. And the entire way up, I'm not looking out the window, right? I can't look oh. out the window. Curse, the views are amazing. Oh, I'm looking online, uh, the views are amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you love heights, and then we get to the third floor, come out, and it's like the club's amazing. If I wasn't so nervous, I would have taken my photographs because it looked like you got um, neon lights all the way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was literally yeah. like that. It was like you could see the whole yeah. of London from there. Um, walking through this bar section, luminous lights, nice little bar. Clearly, lots of young ladies who were clearly too young for like to me. Looking for their Russian and sugar daddies and lots let's of confirm it's called sushi samba. Yeah. Um, and I'll explain why. Um, so we're in the bar, DJ's there, 
clearly a bunch of like older ladies. Now I'm in a I'm in the market for the older ladies because I'm now 46. Yeah, um, that's nothing wrong with that. And um, nothing wrong with that, it was it was just like wow. The fine of the wine. Yeah, and then we had a few drinks there. Like and went, like I had a rum and it was the real rum, like not the rum you get at we- like Weatherspoons, like the real rum, and it was so oh. good. Right, it, it was like a kick, and it was like ow, woo, okay. <laughs> and then um, I'm there with my friend, my friend who um, it was her birthday as well, and we had an absolutely fantastic time up there. Because then we went downstairs, sat down, and my mate went, look, I've got this covered. What do you guys want something to eat? I'm like, well, look, let's have some nibbles here and then go somewhere yeah. else. Because not being bad, the food here is going to be really expensive. Mm. My friend's not drinking. You know, I'd rather go somewhere the food's at least, you know. Reasonable. Bit, yeah. Um, but we got these uh, guai, guai, um, like Japanese dumplings, gaizo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But we saw it was Wagyu. Now, Wagyu is a special type of beef. Wagyu like, beef, like. Yeah. And it was Wagyu, mm. Gaizu, dumplings. I was like, look. It's, that's <laughs> really expensive. I've been trying wagyu to get some beef. Wagyu for time. I haven't been able to get no Wagyu. Can we have, you right if we have the Wagyu dumplings? Yeah. Um, and we got, we got the dumplings. Yep. And it was fantastic like this place was beautiful there were instagrammers there there were the rich folks there were the good looking folks there were the old like there were these two like i i felt like normally i don't feel very charming that night i felt charming because i was just looking at women and they were like oh because clearly this is the type of place that if you're a cheap dude you're not going to go to right <laughs> so I'm, I'm in this place and i'm like well, I think we've lost TC, but I'll carry on. So I'm in this place feeling a bit charming and all the rest of it. And it carries on and goes on. And I was just like, wow, this, this place is really amazing. But what really topped it for me, right, as, as an environment, as a place goes, I hadn't been out for ages because obviously COVID and stuff like that, is that they had a proper full-on restaurant in there. And it was absolutely amazing. It was like there was... Um, the food, I think the Wagyu dumplings, they were like it was 16 quid for five of them, maybe six of them. But it was like, it was just amazing. And if you get the chance to go there, I don't know if you can book, you can book a table or whatever, but it was, um, it was, it was 16 pounds. Um, it was 16 pounds to do that. We've lost see, but it'll be back. He's just got a few Wi-Fi issues. But if you get the chance to go there, do it. Because it was really, it was really something quite special. Um, and I certainly really, really enjoyed it. And I would encourage anybody to give it a shot. But be warned, 39 floors up. <laughs> and I hate heights. I can't handle heights. But um, it was 30. Hello again, TC. Hello. Oh, sorry, um, mate. The Wi-Fi. It's no, the snow. We've got quite a lot of snow where I am. It's all I right. think it's it, affecting the Wi-Fi. It was, it was practice for me because I need to learn to do these occasionally on my own or for talk for long periods of time and still stay interesting, um, which is not easy, <laughs> right? It's not easy. I know. I know it's not easy, guys. So it's, it's just it's good practice for me. But like I was saying, I was up there and... Um, and I, I was, I was t- like, there were models up there, everything. And it was quite nice to have them smile back at you when you were like, there's this hairy curse, just like smiling at these models and they're looking back. And I was just like, it was fa- it's a fantastic place. 
Um, yeah. Every the staff were great. The staff were like, what do you need? Do you need anything? We've got a table for you here. So I had to give out a big thank you to Pat, um, who actually, like, like, going out with Pat, I was like, what's going to happen at this point? But Pat proved a very important point, yeah, that if you travel a lot and see the world, things like this are, like, amazing. Because Pat had yeah. travelled the world. Like, it was like, yeah. where should we go? And, and like, it was absolutely amazing. So um, thank you, Pat, for that. Um, we afterwards, we went to a little pub and had, a, a, a like, a normal meal. And I think I had my first Angus steak burger. Uh, I never had one before. Uh, did you th- what do you think? It was a mission to eat. Like food usually isn't. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a big like that cow. <laughs> well, yeah. the, I mean, it, it might have been a lot of different cows, Curtis. It might not necessarily been the same yeah. one. Uh, true, ground, true. But it, it, whatever it was, it had a good life. I could taste that good life. Mm. It was fantastic. But it was yeah, nice. just an amazing place to go. And it Mate, was you've like had Wagyu, the king yeah. of beef. Yeah, and then yeah, you've yeah. had like you know Aberdeen Angus, which is a very good steak, yeah. or you know very good burger, no matter what you make with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went. It was a very nice little pub. We we sat in there for a little bit, had a few drinks. Annoyed about uh, saw like a classic old school case of sexual harassment by you know one of those pubs, Silver Foxes. You know, oh yeah, you know, yeah. And he was clearly yeah. like she was like. She was. It wasn't harassing the sense. She was. She was loving the attention, but yeah. clearly she wasn't going to go home and sleep. This dude. <laughs> it was like, it yeah. Was like, but yeah, and that was that. So that's why they just did. And yeah. I endorse being rich because it's fantastic. Um, right. So <laughs> it's a different, different way of life. It's a different way of life when you go to a bar. If you can afford it. Yeah. It's a different life if you can go to a bar like that and just absolutely like. I think if I ever went there again, I'd be all right. Because the first time I go up somewhere high, I'm always like, God damn, <laughs> if there's an earthquake, I'm going to die. <laughs> you just think Tower and Inferno. That the yeah, because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Tall buildings, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. You know, West messing with the Ten Commandments, bad. Yeah. These are the things I learned. Yeah. So but if I do it again, I reckon I'd be all right. It was just, it was like, it's high. And there was a stairwell down to the... Um, restaurant and you can't avoid but look down and like it's a fair distance it's like it's but everybody was so cool with it I was like okay okay got to look yeah. cool in front of the ladies don't look down don't look down <laughs> <laughs> crawling crawling on the floor on all yeah. fours <laughs> um so yeah it was it was it was pretty wild um but no, I had a good time, and I would gladly go do it again now. Um, and at some point, I, I will probably have to. But um, good, yeah, it was it was fantastic fun. Um, let me, oh, yeah, we're broadcasting fine, right? So yeah, that was that was that was that. Um, how how have you been? <laughs> well, How's, uh, to, you, to got, be fair, you got snow down fine. there. We've got snow. There's snow um all over the shop at the moment. Uh, mm. There's been snow producing. It's probably going to snow part, partly most of the night, and there's going to be sub zero in the morning. So, um, yeah. so we'll just see how how we get on. Yeah, <laughs> but everything's all right, guys. We put up our Christmas tree today, and um, Ooh. and and there's some Christmas lights. I haven't been. I managed to fall off the ladders. I was putting <laughs> putting up the Christmas lights around around the top of the yeah. living room, and um, 
Yeah, I hurt myself pretty badly, pretty badly. So much so that I had to step out for Christmas decorations after that. But um, yeah, apart from that, everything's fine. I'm sitting now cross-legged. I thought I'd have to be sitting, lying down on this uh, on this podcast. But happy birthday, obviously, on this Curtis. Special edition. And uh, <laughs> on this special edition. Um, but but yeah, so everything's all right, mate. Kids all right. Mrs. All right. She's a bit grumpy because she had to do everything after I fell off the ladder. <laughs> and, uh, and it's not, it's not that I meant, as I said to her, I didn't mean to fall off the ladder. Yeah. But I, I think I got cocky because at work, sometimes I'm up, I'm, I'm up like 20, 30 foot off the floor yeah. and it's not a problem. Yeah. And this is like, you know, it's three feet and I've got a little bit, a little bit cocky and I, I, I suffered because of it. So yeah, apart from that, everything is absolutely fine. And what an interesting pattern in the news, Curtis. That, that's what we need to talk about while I drink my only beer. Uh, well, look, there's been a lot going on in news, but clearly it's like the veil has been lifted or another conspiracy is in play because the people are like, how stupid can this government get? Like, I, when I say this government was stupid in the past, I didn't mean it because they're mm. Tories. I, I mean yep. it because they really don't know what they're doing. And from Rishi Sunak across the board... They literally don't know what they're doing. A prime example of this is what's happening with the channel crossings, right? Yep. Now, what used to happen is, is it was accepted that a certain amount of people would come over, right? Now, we know that we don't want loads of people coming over just for the way the strain on the system, which is what most members of the BNP say, but um, all the excuse most people use. But basically, you want to show some level of control because you know if you don't have yep. to show some level of control... Uh, the people who are representative of the racist vote, like the BNP, you know, they yeah. start taking power away from your base, right? So what they used to do is they had to, they knew they had to have a system in place. So they used to have um, uh, envoys or whatever at um, camps, Calais. refugee camps, Calais, um, and in North Africa, the jungle. and in places, right? Yeah. In certain places. Oh, by the way, the jungle is the camp in Calais that was disbanded. Yeah. Um, but what you'd do is, is you'd have people out there, they'd register them. You'd be in a camp for two years. The UN would do a check on you. The British government would do a check on you. And then you'd be allowed to come over, right? And those used to be what they call safe routes into the UK, right? You still get people on yep. boats, but not as, not as many as you do now, Right. And basically, it was a system that was there to make sure that people who did need refugee status were able to yep. come over and they'd get, you know, that whatever £39 a week, which apparently is so terrible um, that, you know, people don't, I don't want my £39 a week going to refugees, um, which I, I, I'd rather my money went to refugees and people desperate rather than um, the war and weaponry. But that's, that's me, right? So, um, this government got rid of all that, that type of stuff. They literally disbanded all that th those things because they thought it was just a way for human rights lawyers to make money, right? So what that means is that there's no actual route that anybody could make their way if you're desperate to get to the UK, because again, the UK legally, because um, you are a refugee and asylum seeker, or just someone who wants a better life for themselves, and the UK yeah. is one of the routes you can do because you can apply for a green card from the UK if you are um, from another country. Like, we can't apply for a green card from the UK. Yeah. But you can if you're if you're Syrian or if you're from another country, you can apply for a green card from the UK. And all those systems got rid of. 
so that's why you're getting so many people trying the um channel route okay and yeah. this is the, the government got rid of all of that because they didn't know what they were doing right they thought that making a hostile environment for desperate people is, is going to stop desperate people but what they don't realize right yes i was going to say is more hostile than a war zone yeah but also what they don't realize is a lot of the people that come over are middle class right their yep. politics is very similar to british like they like business they like making money they're hard-working people they uh, mm. want an education they for their kids they want to send them to the best universities they want to do all that type of stuff right which a lot of people don't realize over here because in their head they have racism and i'm not going to say they've got mm. this thing if they've got racism in their head and that's what this government played to and that's why you've now got a situation where people are so desperate they'll pay money because they've got the money, they pay money to get across the channel to come to the UK. Yeah. And that's why everybody, I don't know if people were shocked, but the, the news report was that 24-year-old uh, woman who was there to see her fiancé. And she died. Um, so so yeah. this is why we're now getting these sorts of stories. But believe me, every bit of the way of this is the government's error. Um, and they topped it off this week by sending a letter to the French which they published publicly to appease their 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 their, their, like their racist voters. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it's not just the racist voters, Curtis. I think it's also to to placate the party. You know, the Tory, all the Tories, basically who backed Brexit, and uh, uh, you know, have got this this racist element within the party. That's to appease them. No, because again, if you look at the old, if you look at the Tories, the pre-Boris Tories, they are they're aware of, they're actually not against migrants coming over or immigrants coming yeah. over, because they're fully aware of what the UN was doing and what used to be in place beforehand. And in yeah. fact, I think an M, I think one of the Lords in the House of Lords, who's a Tory, made a speech about it. No, I think it was in the Parliament. I can't remember his name. You'll have to excuse me for it. But he made a speech about it um, yesterday, basically saying how his own government has messed this situation up and lied, literally lied about what's going on, about the amount of um, the amount of people coming across the channel, which is lower than it was seven years ago, by the way. They lied about how many were asylum seekers. They've lied about um, uh, what the French are doing. Because remember, the French, people keep giving the French grief about this. But at the mm. end of the day, these people don't want to be in France. They want hey, to be in, they, they, they be in an English-speaking country. Have you got some stats? I've got some stats. I, I know that I, France takes six times as many asylum seekers, a process as six as many, um, six times more asylum seekers than we do here in the UK. With a bureaucracy that, that is is renowned for being slow and unworldly, yeah. they managed to do that. Right. Number two is that only three percent of all people seeking refuge, refugees, but they are people seeking refuge, mm. actually target the United Kingdom as their, their end destination. Yeah. Only three percent. That's three people in a hundred. So where are all the 97, 97 people going? Mm. Well, they're going, obviously, to like Sweden, Germany, you know, France. They're going, we don't take the majority of the people who are refugees. Secondly, 
generally people who are targeting the UK as their final destination are doing it for one of several reasons. Number one, it's the only other European language they speak. Yeah. Number two, they their country was previously an imperial under British Empire. Uh, imperial rule at one point in its history hence why there's that connection with english hence why they're targeting the uk as their final destination yeah but we are not the number one priority for people coming coming from these war-torn places no they're not, they're not prioritizing the uk not not all of them are some of them are and we have a we have a uh, an employment shortage we don't have enough people picking being able to pick crops no. we don't have enough lorry drivers enough care in fact really Enough carers. We don't have anything, mm. you know. Literally, we've not, because if we, we we've stopped. Also, we stopped the Lisbon Agreement, so we left the EU and we, we stopped. No, is it the Dublin Agreement, the Lisbon Agreement? We stopped that, so it means we, it's harder for us to send anyone back. Mm. I think at one point we were the, the, the this government were talking about putting troops on French soil to patrol the, the coast. Imagine if it was refugees on the Kent coast, and mm. France said or Germany said. Don't worry, we'll put we'll put uh, German or French troops on your land to patrol your your coast. Yeah. How do you think that would go down? I don't think the Daily Mail would be too happy about that, mm. or anyone. No one should be happy about that. The French should no. be happy about that. It's absolute madness. And I was thinking, there's a parallel here in history, isn't there? During the, the during the the early troubles in Ireland, uh, where there was separation for the first time, yeah. lots of people, lots of um, Irish men and women escaped Ireland because either they were under threat to being shot by loyalists or by the IRA um, and they were refugees yeah. and they came over and some were economic migrants but they came over and the Irish suffered an extreme amount of um, well, racism I suppose you can call it I don't know if you can call it racism but they, they, they were racism. discriminated against yeah they were discriminated against and, and they were basically um, a subsection of society that wasn't desirable and only now is that okay so pre this has got there's 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 elements in this where we've seen this in history before um and i think it's just it's just it, you know, is george orwell correct are we <laughs> are we that that nation who will shoot refugees in boats as they come across the channel looking for refuge these are human beings this is what i don't understand Kurtz. we call them refugees we don't even call them refugees we call them immigrants and that term has been um weaponized hasn't it this they're now it's now they're basically seen as subhuman yeah they're coming over to steal stuff well actually they're looking to make a better life mm. and yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what country what kind of country we want to be sorry mate i've, I've rambled no, no, no. Uh, you look. As far as I'm concerned, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I would just say that we've already gone past that. You know, we had the case of that boat sinking um, in the channel and people dying, and uh, people are literally like, "Oh, they deserve that." And that to me is as bad as as, as not doing. That to me is as bad as doing something bad to people. Um, you know, there's many a cheerleader for allowing people to die. And I, 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 I said this country should hold its head in shame last week, because this isn't, you know, people shouldn't be dying in the channel just for the sake of getting here. You might not like it, right? Mm. You might think they're here invading the country, and you might think a country with 70, 80 million white people um, will be taken over one day, but that shouldn't stop us from being compassionate because of people that think that way. 
And I think that compassion, selfishness is being weaponized. And I just think that people need to step up. I'll keep stepping up. I don't care. I'm, I'm not going to, I refuse to believe that a vast majority of people are that sick that they would rather people die in the channel than get help. I refuse to believe that. Um, I think selfishness has been weaponized and we need to get over it and we need to do better. And I, I'll, I'll keep pushing for that. Don't care. I'll keep pushing because uh, I think we could do better. I don't think, like, if it's a case of processing people and getting them out of the country, if they, they shouldn't be here, that's one thing. But allowing people to die in a channel, mm -mm. no. Uh, I mate, look at the conditions. Look at the conditions they're crossing in. Mm. We're talking about one of the worst storms that's hit, like literally, that's hit the, the the country and the channel like this year. They're talking about freezing temperatures out at sea mm. in a dinghy. You know, and I'm guessing it's going to be choppy out there, and they're, they're risking it. And if they don't make it the first day, they go the next day. You know, yeah. what I mean, if, if they turn back, they just keep they keep going. I mean, you're talking about people who this is not the first body of water they've crossed. You know, they come from so far away that they've crossed over to Greece, you know, on dinghies again or swam. Yeah. You know, these are people that are determined. If anything, these are, these are people that really, I mean, they're hard, you know, and all kudos to them for, for doing it. If, if this, you know, just put yourself in their shoes. They've left a life, not because they wanted to, because they had no choice. Mm. And you're denying them the ability to, you know, we the ability to try and make a better life for them and their children or yeah. just for themselves. I mean, it's not even about children. Steve Jobs was, was the, the, the child of, of, was it Syrian refugees? You know, and that, he did all right. Mm. Well, like it's, it's down to people being a bit more, um, a bit more honest and a bit more open about what's going on and admitting, especially this government, just admitting for once that it doesn't matter it does not matter how much you hate them. At the end of the day, we have some level of responsibility to do better by these people. And the amount of rage, you know, no matter how angry you are, or think what you know, um, what might be happening. The reality is, we 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 this can't carry on the way it's going on. We can't allow people to die just for desperation to get there. And at the end of the day, the vast majority of people that come do want to just work, study and maybe go on to the States or Canada. Yeah, um, and I, I get the fact. Other the countries fact. are taking many more people than we are. And we shouldn't, uh, you know, I'll keep calling this, uh, this place Monster Island for as long as this keeps happening. There's only monsters would allow this to happen. Um, and we, it needs to stop. Curtis, the, the other thing I want to say, as I understand the point about people worrying about terrorists making their way across and stuff like that, but generally they're, they're flying. I mean, and, and I don't mean that physically, but they'll have backing and they can get passports and they'll have backing that they can actually get here, mm. you know, on normal transport and come in and seek asylum from an airport, you know. Mm. And if they do come in on the boat, I mean, it's going to be a tiny majority. But what, you, what are you going to do if you treat all refugees as subhumans? Mm. If you see them in the street and you start spitting them, or you know, if you're on port saying go back, I hope you drown, all that stuff. What what make what, what do you think happens to those people? They start to resent the country they're in. Mm. And actually, you do the extremist jobs for them. You can That's say, Well, exactly look, how you create look how, how you're treating Yeah. So look how you look how you're you know, if I was uh, some kind of you know, the extremist groomer, I'm saying, Well, look, look how they treat you. 
Mm. They don't deserve your. You don't deserve your respect. They're not human. They're basically subhuman. They're 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 the monsters, not us. So we've got to take them out. And and that's how you you perpetuate this this war, this supposed cultural. But it's just about people not being. I mean, we were one of the most charitable countries in the world at one point. Mm. You know, this is this is the country that bought that bought you Band Aid and Live Aid. Yeah. You know, not Band Aid. I get me coat Live Aid. Band-Aids are plaster in America. But mm. brought you live aid, you know, massive events um, yeah. to basically it's, help people. Yeah. Most of the wars that have happened in these regions have basically by, been, been, you know, the, the weapons have been issued by British companies or British weapons dealers, you know, and these are government contracts that have been sold to, you know, Assad. And, you know, th there's so many, so many things that weirdly we're, Britain is interconnected with. And I'm not saying it's the only country. Don't get me wrong. There are other European powers and, and U.S. powers, especially that have been involved in in you know supplying supplying the these destabilizing destabilizing certain areas in the Middle East. And what happens when these people try to escape? Mm. You know, why aren't they staying? They're not staying because they're all going to get killed. I, I just think it's crazy. I just think it's crazy I, I, that we. I, I think we should we should aim for the best we can do. Um, yeah, that's to right. show how amazing this country really can be and we shouldn't always go for the lowest denominator because the people who say the most evil stuff aren't the people that are going to make this country great or mm. do amazing things for it or make anybody's lives better and that weaponization of selfishness which this government's famous for the cost of it's just piling up which brings us on to the you know, Brexit, you know, it, the cost of Brexit is just piling up. And I think we discussed it before the show, but you mentioned that actually there is a, a side effect of how good Brexit is for one part of this country. And, and what was that, TC? Drop, drop the truth bomb. How, it's Northern Ireland. Yeah. Northern Ireland, um, protocol, is it Protocol 50? Uh, literally, we were talking about it earlier. Basically, it has turned out to be an absolutely amazing thing for northern ireland they have access to two markets one of the biggest markets well the biggest market in the world europe and they've got access to the uk market um and northern ireland companies that, that it's, it's the only country it's the only country in the uk that's positioned in this way where it can make basically they're, they're just printing printing cash it's a, it's a it's a roaring success in northern ireland they are they are making money hand over fist with exporting companies are starting to invest in Northern Ireland, because it's it's this, it's seated perfectly in between the two, you know, Europe and Brexit Britain, mm. seated perfectly in the middle, and they're seeing a bit of a boom. I, I know that currently the UK government, I think, invests like ten, ten billion a year or ten. This got to be ten billion a year into Northern Ireland, but that's starting to balance out. I'm not saying it's going to balance out soon, but it could be in the next 20, 30 years. Mm. It'll be it'll be Northern Ireland that'll be actually paying towards London as in the rest of the UK. Um, yeah. So it's at the moment, it's booming. And I think the DUP are starting to realise that. Yeah. The only the only place that affects, or the only people it affects, is Britain, because Britain's outside, as in non-EU, non EEC, it's not in the European, um, uh, what's it called? The EEC, it's not within. It's not the EEC, but it's the the customs union. So because uh, because Scotland, Wales, and England are outside the customs union, they're not making 
anywhere kind of money. They don't have the they have massive you know barriers to get basically their goods into Europe which funnily enough is the biggest market in the world. I don't know if I've mentioned that. Um, and it's, it's on Britain's doorstep. We're no longer part of that. Um, so that's why, that's why companies in the UK or UK or who aren't in Northern Ireland are now investing in Northern Ireland. Um, the only problem that this is for is really Lord Frost and anyone who's a Brexiteer. Because it proves actually that being part of the, the, the customs union is obviously beneficial. The question is uh, how and if we re-enter the European Union, because that's the only only question that's remaining, really. Um, and one of the fantastic things, of, I think, personally for me about Brexit is it showed how insulated the establishment currently is um, against anything that actually happens in this country and about how actually all the people they promised it wouldn't affect, it has affected except for the super rich of this nation, who are no doubt moving their business centres to Northern Ireland as we speak, or their accounts to the Northern Ireland um, as we speak, and, and is actually how, how protected they are and uh, how wealthy they must actually be. Because um, it's not something that people tend to talk about a lot, but the super rich of this country are the ones that really funded um, Brexit, the Brexit yeah. campaigns. And they haven't been affected by it. It's been a fisherman that were promised, you know, uh, God knows how many glorious moments of um, post-Brexit fishing, which hasn't happened. Yeah. Because um, nobody understood how fishing actually worked. The classic story I remember hearing is that, you know, what they didn't take into account is when you say fish and British fishing areas, the yep. fish aren't in British fishing areas all the time. They're actually they, they, they move migrate. To the, they, they migrate, they move around, which nobody seemed to think about. Nobody seemed to explain that to the fishermen, which is making it even worse for them. And I think it's just is testament of how bad this government is, because the architect of it all is the prime minister. And it, as after his speech that we spoke about last week, where he went all oh, Peppa Pig, um, he, he doesn't oh, know oh, what he's wow. doing. He doesn't know. He has no idea what he's doing. And this is a problem with populists. They they sound fantastic. They say everything you want to hear, but they can't deliver. Um, um, Boris is another example to that. Um, and, and in general, the Tories don't know what they're doing. But uh, you know, it, it it it's been amazing how quick it's taken the press to to jump onto that one. It's going to be interesting to see if the Daily Mail, although the Daily Mail haven't jumped ship, um, and no, they're the, still doing the woke the woke thing. I was, well, I was going to say the Daily Mail the Daily Mail sacked their editor, mm. who was a more balanced. I think he was probably more more neutral. Mm. Um, editor they sacked him this week. Yeah. Um well, and. Well, and basically now they've put in someone who's more like the original word, as, which I can't remember his name is, but he was trying to get the, you know, he wanted to be the head of Ofcom, but he's not been able to get that because obviously. Um, he's, so they put someone back in there. And actually when Boris delivered that terrible speech, that forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, that speech, when he delivered that speech, the day after they printed nothing about it, they actually defended him. They actually defended him saying that, you know, well, they don't mention him to today. Today, they don't mention him. They attack um, 
they're scaremongering about that new strain of um, COVID. Well, I, I think what they're doing is, is quite mild. That, Sorry, go, go. so far, so far, that goes. I think what they're doing is they're saying that the wokies, the uh, woke people, are mm. are saying that let's not get um, let's not make people have the vaccine because you might offend them. That's their whole line. That's it. That's it. It's a not. It's a. It's a no news. It's a no news thing. It's basically they're creating. If you want to say who's creating the culture war, oh, they, <laughs> it'll they. be it'll be them because no one else is. You know, I'm I'm all for everybody having the vaccine. Yeah. I'm all for care workers having the vaccine. If you're a care worker or in the NHS, you should have a vaccine. And yeah. I, I should say that you know I don't want you to lose your job, but you need to have a vaccine. Oh, look, if you don't have a vaccine, I think you should lose your job. You shouldn't be near yeah. the care of children no, no, no. and adults. What I'm, um, what I'm um, saying there is I, I don't want them to lose their job. Yeah. But you're going to lose your job, so yeah. crack on. You know, and then what you're gonna do? You're gonna work for a supermarket. Well, to be fair, you know, there's fruit picking and there's like stuff that you can do, mm. but you know, if you're gonna look after people, True, you need, need to have that practice. Yeah. Um, well, the, other, this year's the other thing that's going on in the news, I think, I, I don't know if it's it's it. Um, the government still keeps playing chicken with um, the London mayor to see if yeah. they can not pay to cover London Underground. So we are looking at London Underground services being cut for the first time in a long time. I think, and even I think buses... it sticks in... I'm sorry, I think it sticks in Boris Johnson's crawl that um, it's, a, a, you know, the, the second time, uh, you know, there's only been three mayors of London and only mm. one of them has been a Tory and he really wants London to be a Tory thing because obviously he's got mates that mm. need contracts who need to make lots of money and, you know, Boris likes handing out contracts. Well, I, I think yeah. that they're trying to—they're trying to damage London enough that they yeah. think people will vote Tory. But I think they're making it, and they're trying to damage Khan because, uh, like I've said before, Khan's literally the only real threat to Boris Johnson out there. Because if Khan was to run for the Labour leadership, I reckon he'd win, and I reckon he could actually win an election against Boris. He's Boris's only real threat because he hasn't been tarred with the um, level of, of, of crap that um, Star has been. Um, and I think he's, he's sort of, he's a threat in that sense to Boris. And I think he's trying to do, Boris is trying to do the same thing to Khan that the Tory party tried to do to Boris. So they made him run for mayor because they thought he'd mess it up and he did, but the press loved him. They made him run for um, prime ministership and they thought, they make him run a Brexit campaign because they thought he'd mess it up. Made him foreign minister because they thought you know the public could turn against him. The public just loved him more and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's the same thing with Khan. I think Khan, I'm not saying Khan's Teflon, but Khan's an honourable man. He's a hardworking man, yeah. and so far for, he's he's just been cleaning up Boris's messes, and that's going to do nothing but good in terms of reputation. And then I, I think they're trying to like make it bad for him, but messing with London, you you do your risk. Well, I was going to say, um, I mean, what I remember from, you know, from I'll always consider myself a Londoner. I mean, you, I don't live there now, but I always consider yeah. it's one of those ones, isn't it, Curtis? And I mean, I mean it, people call it the Blitz Spirit, whatever. But I remember like the seven seven attacks. Mm. You know, we all basically just got down, got down together. We went all the, down the pub. I had loads of people staying at my house because they couldn't get to theirs because all London transport was shut down. Mm. And 
we're Londoners, so basically we're like boiled eggs, isn't it? The hard, the more you boil us, the harder we become. So you can try and make it difficult for a Londoner in London, but actually that's that's where you get rebellion. You know, then we won't do what you want us to do. We're Londoners, so you know, there's no. I, I do get that feeling that it's, uh, there's something about London that makes people behave in that way, and I think it's, it, it is a it is a bad. They're basically trying to. They're trying to, you're right, make London, make Sadiq Khan and Labour look bad, but it sticks in their craw that London is a Labour. And most, let's face it, most of the big cities are Labour. Mm. They're run by Labour mayors. Yeah. And they're generally quite well loved. You know? And it's not to do with everybody in London is foreign, because everybody in London is not foreign. <laughs> like, like they like to say online, it's because they're all Muslim in yeah. London. <laughs> Muslim and there's Sharia law in certain parts of London, which I can tell you that is not true. No, who was it? That, that Fox News, wasn't it? They ran that. It was a couple of years ago, and they literally went, "Well, we can't. White people can't go around certain bits of London." I'm like, "Really? Really? Really? Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> just, all right. It's crazy. It's crazy, Curtis. And I, I just think, you know, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I think. I don't know if Boris's time's up, but let's hope it is. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, especially as he could call an election at any time. And that'll be interesting to see if Labour's able to win their, keep their lead. Because uh, the the left has come out against Ken Starmer and um, the press aren't particularly fond of him. So it'll be interesting to see whether he could hold his own against a, a confident Boris um, who inspired that speech nobody like nobody's you know walked out and gone in the nobody in the Tory parties came out and gone I'm going to run against you nobody's challenging him in the park Say, saying that Curtis he has had a meeting with the um is it the oh, I can't remember is it the 1913 committee 1933 yeah. committee about you know he needs to clean up his act mm-hmm. um so he's had a meeting with them and apart from that there's there's been reports in the news saying that that committee said that if he hasn't sorted it out by February he can expect a challenge to his leadership. True, but a challenge that won't succeed because nearly every, all of that majority he's got is reliant on him. They're very yeah. reliant on him and I don't think they'd challenge him. Like The only they, problem with that is he's losing the MPs. He's losing the MPs that backed him because obviously he made all the MPs follow the whip on that, Um, you know, basically get my mate who's, who's committed, who's actually broken the rules on mm. uh, lobbying. Yeah. Let's change that so he doesn't get banned. Right, mm-hmm. I'll put a three-line whip, which which comes from the prime minister. The prime minister yeah. tells the whip to put a three-line whip, which puts three lines underneath it. So basically, if they don't if they don't do it, they're out of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, they all backed him. Now they're all they're all painted with the same pr- brush of sleeves, you know, which will not go away. That will not go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going away any anytime soon. Um, and they can't trust him. So mm-hmm. and he flipped. So the prime minister went, no, this is what we're doing. And then he said, no. So everybody looked bad because of him. And they looked back to the constituents, which I think is upsetting, especially the red wall, you know, what they call the red wall, old Labour seats that are now Conservative. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it proves they might have voted Labour previously, but they didn't have these troubles under the Labour, Labour MPs, you know. So I think he's losing, he's losing the support of the backbenchers and he needs to keep that going. He might be popular to the public, but Boris Johnson is not popular within the House of Commons. You know, he's delivered Brexit. That's fine. As as what's his name? Um, Quasi Kwa Tang said. He goes. Mm. He asked the question. He goes. 
is Boris Johnson, oh, was it Dominic Ryan? It was one of, they probably had the same answer there. Is um, Boris Johnson an honourable, honest man? And they said, well, he delivered Brexit. Mm. Which I don't know if that means he's an honourable, honest man. It means he did something. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I can't, I, 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 think, I think politics, if you're a politi- political commentator at the moment, it's a very interesting place to be. And it has been in the UK since 2016. Well, uh, to, to jump on, because um, I, again, I hate spending my time talking about Boris. But um, one of his cohorts um, said something this week, which I think I, I, I always wonder how far this woke, this woke anti woke movement will go. Because um, for those of you who don't know, woke woke was it came around. I think in the 60s, 70s, it was actually a word used in, in the gay, the black gay movement, to show that you were aware of things. And um, it's quite interesting to see how far this, the anti-woke movement will go as a whole, just because you, you seem to be able to say the word woke. Um, and, and it's a derogatory it, and, and thing. Boom. Yeah, like I think it was uh, who's the uh, Queen guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian May. Brian May came out going that uh, Queen wouldn't have been around today or something that'd have to be different yeah freddie mercury would have hated it yeah like because freddie, freddie mercury, mercury would have hated being was, was he he was a kenyan he was a kenyan indian yeah he was a gay he would have hated the woke movement that would have been accepted <laughs> like what was that song i want to break free i think i yeah. think brian may was brian may awake during that time but well, i do have Curtis, a bit it's my favourite Queen song. Well done. You spotted that one. I love that song. I want to bring... But yeah, and I'm just like, that That seems to be... I'm like, all, all that's going on in the UK at the moment, okay, and, and I'll, I'll put this as simply, is um, culture's change. Culture always changes, but it's happening faster now. And, and that's all that's going on. Culture's changing. There's new words being added. There's new language. People are behaving differently. Um, technology's having an effect on culture. And what's really interesting is the way that people are uh, uh, approaching it. Now, uh, MP this week, a Tory MP, Nick Fletcher, said female replacements in shows like Doctor Who were robbing boys of good role models. And the only characters they had to look up were gangsters like The Craze and Tommy Sheldon from Pinky Blinders, he said. Yeah, is there yeah, any yeah. wonder we've seen so many young so many young men committing crime he asked in in a debate on international men's day and personally um what i would say is that first of all when did male role models have to always be male stars i don't i don't see when your role models your i thought ro- the whole point of role models was to inspire people to do things and first of all i'd want to ask is who was boris johnson's role model um, secondly, um, I want well, to know why it is that Doctor Who, at any point, Doctor Who's never been the most popular show on British TV. It's never been the only show on British TV. And how is it that Doctor Who at any point became um, something that stopped male violence? Um, the reason why there is a lot of male violence is because of shockingly poor mental health support in this country first and foremost um, for men in particular but also 
um, the fact that um, crime and violence isn't dealt with as an issue properly in this country. And it's actually seen very much as part of the right passage sometimes to young men. Um, and I just think how embarrassing is this Tory party going to get if statements like that are being made? Because I've seen the Tories make policy based on stupid comments and ideas like that. And it is stupid. Um, we also had the culture minister this week dismiss a claim of um, sexual assault by Boris's dad against um, uh, another MP, I think it was. Yep. And I'm just like, this is a desperate Tory party who has full control of the House of Parliament. You know, what? at what point do you wake up in a day and go, Doctor Who being female makes men violent? I, I think I think we need to look at this in a different way, Purse. I think I think you know what really affects me is that we've had a, a queen, a queen curse for how how many years have we had her now? She's eight, is it for odds on like seventy to eighty years that she's how been long the queen? Has been queen, let's see. Uh, um, sixty to seventy years. It's like basically just after the fifties. Was it from the fifties? She has been the queen for a very long time. Sixty-nine never, years. 69 years, Kurt. 69 years we've had the Queen as a role model. And yeah. obviously now we won't have a king because obviously we don't know what a king is. We only expect another woman to be the Queen. <laughs> um, also, I mean, Boris Johnson, he broke the mould, didn't he? He broke the mould by becoming a male Prime Minister just after a female one. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, I, I Helen Mirren... Yeah. Helen Mirren played... Um, She was in the... Uh, what was it called? The sorcerer, the sorcerer, was it the Tempest? Yeah. Um, and she took the male role, male role of the sorcerer, didn't she? And yeah. I was going to be a sorcerer, curse. Yeah. But when I saw Helen Helen Mirren doing it, I thought, no. Do you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do it because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, um, true, true, true. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Peggy, Peggy Carter, when she comes, Captain Carter in What If. I thought, oh, I was really up After for being... After 60 years of uh, good, Captain America being... Yeah, I, I was yeah. really up for being a really good, nice human being like Captain America. But now that a woman's doing it, <laughs> I'm just going to go evil. I'm going to go red skull on this on everybody. Uh, what's what's your point? I don't understand your point. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's been around since I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Well before, I was, obviously, back in the 30s when she first came, came along in the comics. But, you know, as... What was the what was the name of the woman who played Diana, uh, Wonder Woman, the original one? Something Carter. Her name was Carter as well. I can't remember. I'll I'll find that. Sorry, sorry. Um, well, let, just so you've got some more context for this, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, he said he said there's been a creeping narrative that males have it easy. Life is a breeze, and they have nothing to complain about. But he added. It is clear that life is tough for many young men and boys, and many of our boys in school are far from privileged. He attacked the phrase toxic masculinity. Wait, did he just... He just said that men are violent, but... Okay, he used to describe pressure of men to stick to traditional values of how they act, saying it vilified men and led them to feel worthless. And then he turned to cultural stare, claiming it shared blame for the rise in male violence. The rise. <laughs> I, I think. Uh, I think the only thing is, I'm, I'm I'm listening to what he said there, and I think it's more about how he feels 
Yeah. About he he feels like demasculinated or something. Like not yeah. not seeing weirdly, it's slightly it's slightly homoerotic, isn't it? He needs to see more men being men, heroes because he, he can't be he can't be a hero. Or mm. do you know it's, I don't think it's about men or boys, because let's face it, Curtis. When I saw Goodfellas, I wanted to be a gangster. Not that I actually wanted to be a gangster, yeah. but that was cool. Do you know what I mean? So if you want to look at the coolest coolest guys in cinema, they're not superheroes or Doctor Who. Yeah. For me, at least, and I know lots of people think Doctor Who is the coolest person in the world or universe or galaxy or Gallifrey, whichever you want to go on that. Um, <laughs> but, but but he's definitely he's definitely not for me. He was just Doctor Who. He was like that. When I started watching it, he was like that dizzy, crazy uncle who, like, you know, ah, it's your crazy uncle who, who talks like this all the but time. If you hang around him too much, he might get you killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, yeah, he's never going to be that role model for me. The A team, on the other hand, they had machine guns. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, um, who who was like, you know, she was amazing, she was saving people. And it all made, made you want to be a good, you know, it made you want to be a good person. Superman. I mean, they haven't recast Superman as a woman yet, but if they do, it'd be super there is Superman. Although though. Superman is. Yes, exactly, which is a relative. And Superman's gay now. I suppose that's ruined it for him as well. No, his son. His son's gay. Yeah. Um, one of no, the no, selling, bisexual. One of the highest selling, selling comics this year, that, by the way. Yeah, but that's ruined it for him as well, isn't it? Well, why, why, would, why would Superman be, you know, oh, it's terrible. We, but are we saying terrible? that the male ego is that fragile? <laughs> I'm, saying, I, I'm, saying, I'm, saying that, I'm saying that until you know who you are... Mm. Then your your fragile your ego is fragile because it's a construct. It's not actually who you are. You're pretending to be something that you're not. And I think for lots of people, have made a lot of money from this kind of rhetoric. Yeah, I think that's it, a lot of what it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think, but most people don't know who they are. And until you do figure it out, mm. then yeah, you, you you are fragile as a human being. And you can the best thing is that you blame other people for your own flaws and not knowing who you are. Mm. You know, it's not it's not to do you know. As Curtis, we work with lots of gay guys and lots of women. In fact, mm. I think most of our bosses were women. For me, they were. And actually, I got on fine. Mm. You know, I, I, never had a, I never had a problem with it. You know, I was treated really well. Maybe I was a little bit of looking. I was a bit of eye candy. No, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't. But you know what I mean? <laughs> it, you know, it, was, it, was the, it, it was the, you know, I didn't have an issue with it. But... Is that because, and I wasn't always secure. So part of this incel, incel rhetoric, part of me sort of understands it, but it just shows that actually you're just not, you just don't know who you are yet. Because it doesn't we, matter. No, All that I, stuff doesn't matter. I, I think it doesn't matter. And I think it's the government trying to cover itself in terms of mental health. I think there needs to be a lot. People need to listen when they talk about toxic masculinity and uh, yeah. as opposed to dismissing it. And remember a lot of male violence the vast majority of male violence is against other males and not once did I have I seen or, or heard it mentioned in a court that they, they, they committed acts of violence because Doctor Who was a woman. Um, and I think MPs like that should, whoever, I, I don't know who represents, but y'all need to get up and, and, and get him out of, um, uh, of Parliament. Men like that, people like that shouldn't be in Parliament. Um, it's, it's, it shows a level of ignorance that this nation has too much of them. We need some smart people in there. And I'm not being bad, it just shouldn't. You know, there's real problems affecting men and young boys. 
and I'm sick and tired of the old tropes being played out. Like I heard today on LBC, oh, um, single parents, all, right, all the rest of it. The only reason um, single parent families, that, that crime becomes more of an issue, it's about vulnerability. Okay? And a single parent family is more vulnerable to, uh, you know, being pulled into criminal activities. It's not because there's no male figure there. It's because criminals and gangs look for vulnerable targets. They always have, they always will. And if you want to make it better, put out better mental health support for people, make sure that welfare is of a decent amount, that families aren't vulnerable to criminals. And two, legalise drugs and get over it. Germany's on the verge of doing it soon. Um, and the UK... Just it. Yeah. Just legalise drugs and you take away the vast majority of, um, of, of access that criminals and gangs have to people. Because that's what it is. Criminals and gangs have far too much access to people. And also, um, if I can ask um, for the uh, MPs and people with money and power to stop taking drugs, that would be really, really helpful. Um, you know, cocaine, um, is, I think, does so much damage just via the fact that people take it on such large amounts in this country. And well, they, they believe, Curtis, that it takes per every gram of cocaine, seven people have died to get that to you. Yeah. Um, as opposed to going about Doctor Who and wasting voters' yeah. times and, and people's time. Um, and that's my thing. On a happy note, because we're almost yep. at the end of the show, one, yep. I got my latest edition of Hero Quest. I sent you a picture. Yes, you did, Curtis. If we have, if we have a Boys from Boss tomorrow show tomorrow, we'll talk about it then. But Hero Quest is in the house, and you there's an app. You don't even have to be in the same room. You don't really need. I can play it on my own with my phone app. Um, but I think well, I'll try and set, join you. I'll try and set up a game so you can play, um, and we'll do that maybe as a show feature for the future. But it's coming. I've opened. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it as a show. Yeah. It will last for three and a half hours. <laughs> Some of you might tune out. Yeah. Have you watched any good TV this week? I was blown away. Have you watched that Arcane? I've watched two episodes and it's interesting. It gets better as it goes along. And I think that Netflix might have nailed why um, books for me, like Lord of the Rings and um, old school sci-fi, to me, yeah, yeah, I find yeah. it really, really dull. And I yeah. think they may have found a way to create a whole new generation of sci-fi fans, just at how good this is, how good it gets, and how good it finishes. Um, uh, it's amazing. It blew me away. And I've gone onto YouTube to try and look a bit deeper to stuff. This, like, I, I've never played a game, but the lore that this world's created is amazing. And I think it, it blew me out of the water in a way that um, watching Wheel of Time hasn't. Because oh, we have time. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, but I think it's it's still too old school. It's still too. This happens. Go to point B. Um, it doesn't have the characters. Don't have enough depth for me. It looked spectacular. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's all about it's the journey, still, isn't it? It's all about yeah, the journey. It's all about walking the long place to get to somewhere that you could have just like you know been taken. Stumped, but it does. It's not bad. I have enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But I think Arcane just wow. The animation alone is like wow. And I think it, it'll blow you out of the water by the time it gets to the end. Have you seen Discovery? 
Yes, on, it's really hard to watch on Pluto, but I've watched I've watched the first two episodes. They they don't have like an on demand thing, do they? You can't like watch it whenever you Not want. Yes, no, they they they're basically yeah. they'll play the episodes at nine o'clock um, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, I've so missed you'll, it. You'll, you'll get the so yeah. last chance. Oh, sorry. It's all right. To be fair, Kurt, it's, it's one of those ones where I have to fit it around family life, and it, yeah. it, it's, it's not fitting well, around. It'll be out next year once um, Paramount Plus kicks off. I'm not getting Paramount Plus. I've got enough stuff. Oh, What's I'm, Paramount? I'm, 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 I'm tempted to get rid of, of, of a few things just to get it. What are you going to get rid of? Um, Apple TV can easily be got rid of because I can start it up at any time. Oh, yeah, do you know what? I, I find Apple TV, uh, nothing really appeals to me uh, apart from that Ted Lasso. But then again, I'm not really giving it m- that much of a go. Well, Ted Lasso is good. Um, the first season of um, Truth Be Told is really good. Um, right. And the morning show, once you get past the first few episodes, is brilliant. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And it's the not. David, oh, uh, Jason Momoa scene, again... <sighs> Once you get past a few episodes, it's absolutely glorious. The second season's absolutely amazing. And I'd say, as much as I, I, I you know, David Momoa is like Schwarzenegger, Jason. but he can actually act really, really well. And he does really good eyebrows. Yeah, he's what Stallone, and he's a new version of them, but he's really, really like, I'm like, wow. And this but show... Not, but wait a minute, Kurt, not as good as The Rock. I think he's got. I'm uh, not to be bad to the rock. I love the rock, but I think he's what? got better acting chops. I, I just, I think he's got slightly better acting chops than the rock. The rock hasn't really. Momoa's done a few more riskier, deeper projects than the rock. And the rock at this moment in time for me is the rock is doing the same thing and everything. Like they even take the they even take the piss out of it in the red note. In red yeah. note. So it's like you don't look like a. Like a negotiator. A cr- a yeah, I yeah, get that yeah. a lot. But but he could be. I'm liking the um the young rock, um, which is on Sky at the moment. Oh, I watched an episode of that and it's actually quite good. It's quite deep. Um and it, yeah, the kid who's playing the rock looks so much like a rock. Um but yeah, I, I think it's just Momo's just got it slightly as he 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 could do Hamlet, I reckon, pretty easily. The Rock. Wait, I can I can tell you, I watched Aquaman, yeah. and it's possibly one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Oh that's my god! Have you seen it? No, that's I, I watched it. I was all right with it. I didn't. I thought it was quite good. I, I didn't. Love in, it, in yeah. Moments I thought. Moments I thought it was like Street Fire. Fun. And it was like it was like I I can't believe how shocking like like the bits where 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 well, is it, is it Black Manta? Um, mm. His dad is dying, and mm. Jason Momoa, like the, the, or, or, you know, Aquaman is just a remo- you know, just couldn't give a monkeys. Yeah. He's, there's no hero about him. There's no hero whatsoever yeah. about him. He just walks out, and it was like, no, and it was like, ah, oh, this is just really cheesy and corny and terrible. It's like it's like it's like movies by numbers. Mm. One, two. Three movie. Do you know what I mean? It's I, sort of fat fat right movie. I, I loved Nicole Kidman and I thought she was brilliant, especially that whole bit of the start she got. Um, I, I think it was right. I, I think they did all right. Well, no, you don't have to like it. Like I, th- I thought, I, I th- no, I thought, I thought, I thought certain performances mm. were all right. Yeah, I didn't think Jason Momoa's 
performance was terrible, but I thought the film and all. No, no, shocking. Enough, I'm not, I, honestly, I'm not having a go. I just I enjoyed it because DC films. Out of all I, DC I didn't films. understand. Right, yeah. I didn't understand why why Harry Osborn was in it. I just didn't understand why Harry Osborn was now part of the Apple <laughs> people. <laughs> Still get it. I, 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 there was lots I didn't get, but I enjoyed it. I didn't have a problem mm, yeah. with it. But I ain't gonna. I, I ain't. Look, if you don't like it, you don't like it. There's been plenty of stuff. We can disagree on that's perfectly oh fine. Oh God, but I know you like Hero Quest, so that's going to happen to you yeah. at some point. Yeah, and yeah. I think there was something else. Oh, God, I can't remember. But anyway, but yeah, it's 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 going to be um, an interesting. I I watched so much this week. Um, it's going to be interesting Christmas TV wise, um, at least. It's and see where because we've got Boba coming up. At the end of the year, yeah. Are we getting more Mandalorian? Is it just straight to Boba? Yeah, Mandalorian. I think will be with us. They'll make an announcement May the fourth next year at some point on the fourth. Oh, it's that long. It's that long. Wait, that long for it? Well, I think so. Unless they're going to put it out in February because they only finished. Because you got Obi One, that'll be out before Mandalorian. I think will Mandalorian be they have to do some rewrites. No, I think that um, Obi One will be like January, February time. I reckon that will come out. Because oh, it's been they finished filming on that one last at the end of summer, and I think they finished filming that one before Boba Fett finished. So, um, yeah. Can, can I just before we leave? Can I just say Hawkeye? What's his name? Jeremy? Is it Jeremy Ritter who plays Hawkeye? Reiner, Reiner, is it Ritter? Or... Jeremy Reiner, Jeremy Reiner. He he, his performance. I absolutely love his performance. Yeah. In it, I don't, I don't think the series is all that. I haven't seen any, enough of it to to have a proper opinion about the series. Mm. But his performance, I just love it. It's just, it's it's a little bit lethal weapon. Like he's yeah. just just want to get out of here. He's like a, a bit like Murtog. I'm just getting too old for this shit. I just, yeah. I just leave me alone. I just want to get out of there. Just kill me. No, just I kill it. me. I, I've, said, watched, just, I've watched. I've watched. I've watched the first couple of episodes. It, it, it looks yeah. like it's going to be a good show. Um, yeah. Moving forward, yeah. It's just how over it, or he's, he's just over it. He just don't want to get involved in anything anymore. <laughs> he's watching that musical going, ah, family. a lot of people died. Yeah, a lot of people died and I'm doing this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, his performance is brilliant. But yeah, that's it. That's it from me. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think of the last episode of Foundation? Were you happy with that one? Ah, uh, no. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't see that. There's any point in her. I mean, they've added. They've added so much to it. Now we've got one well, character. It's, a, it's, a, it's an adaption. I, you know, the story itself well, yeah. isn't that long. You, you, the, yeah. the story's absolutely tiny, curse. Yeah. But um, and I don't. I don't understand why their daughter needs to meet a mother that didn't even know that she had a daughter. You know, well, that'll be for season two. Yeah, I, I just. I just don't. I think they're just there to chronicle it. They're going to be there from the start to the end. Um, and yeah. it, I think that's the role they'll be taking up. Because um, the daughter gets rescued, what? She's been in the water for 30 to 40 years? 34 years. They've, they've, yeah. they've, it's like 100, it's 187 years in the future. Yeah, I mean, so I reckon... The next just, crisis. Yeah, yeah. they're going to they're gonna chronicle all the crises that happen. And it's going to yeah. be about what they do um, and how they yeah. respond to it. And that's a part yeah. of the play. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the first book, I think it's covered a third of the first book. Mm. I think that's what it's covered. Uh, just one third of the first book. Mm. Nothing yeah, else apart. I, I've enjoyed it so far. I, I think, again, I have the same problem I have with it with Dune. 
there's this obsession with power structures and this sort of robot thing. I know this sounds bad, and I should discuss this on Bosk, and we are coming to the end of the show. But I always yeah. have this issue with Blade Runner, right? Everybody rants it. I love Blade Runner because of the scenes in it, but I still stick to my original argument. Why would you create robots that feel you can literally create these beings any way you want to, right? But no explanations ever given of why they create them so intelligent and smart that they can feel that they're being treated like crap, and then everybody's surprised when they rebel. Well, I, th- I think I think I-, I can try and answer it. Okay. I, th- I thought it was that they made them that intelligent because they had to operate in extreme areas and they don't have that much time to grow up so they don't grow up they're sort of born fully formed and they need to basically start operating almost immediately so yeah, they make them intelligent yeah but if you could create robots that intelligent then create robots that intelligent why create essentially create humans and then yeah, yeah, give yeah. them a really short lifespan and then be surprised that humans when they go crazy. are just synthetic that can feel pain that can feel the sense they know death's approaching, right? Why are you surprised that they'll turn against you? Like it's like yeah. it, it's like a really bad analogy for slavery. Why enslave people and then act surprised when they go, "I don't want to be a slave, mother"? Uh, I think I think you just nailed it, Curtis. I think that's what the analogy is about. It's about slavery. Yeah, but it, I it just all these like all these themes. I I just don't get watching watching Blade Runner and even with Dune, d- d- um, with um, Dune, and then um, with the theme in the Foundation. It's a theme. There's robots wars that have taken place in the Foundation. I'm like, but why would you do that to start with? Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're literally telling me that that's a, the easiest mistake to make. To create a being that senses is clever, that is sentient, and you treat it like crap. But that's yeah, just yeah. me. Um, I don't want to spoil every sci-fi that's ever been out there. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be that dude that spoils the enjoyment. But what is it with the obsession with robot wars and power structures and creating things that bring upon your own defeat in that way in all sci-fi films? And I think that's what makes them feel a bit dated. Um, yeah. And that's why I liked Arcane because Arcane was very simple: rich people, poor people, um, and everybody's suffering in between due to yeah. intransigence, as opposed to creating a robot that's going to turn into a homicidal maniac and destroy humanity every single time. Um, like, yeah, Terminator. Don't get me started on that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, move on. Move on. <laughs> I'm moving on. Um, I'm going to build a bridge. Go over um ladies and gentlemen this is another edition of the global frequency it's been a fantastic year um thank you for listening our numbers keep going up which i'm quite on the podcast site they keep going up and up which makes me ever so proud of the work me and tc have done and even on the boys on bus the numbers are going up so thank you to all our listeners love it, uh, any feedback you guys have given in the past please keep giving the feedback please tell everybody your mother your daughter your dog your pet donkey, whatever, about the show because the global frequency is coming for you. And um, keep listening, keep changing stuff, and we'll be back for more, hopefully. Yep, next week we should maybe be able to squeeze one in before Christmas or a special, I'll work with TC on putting a special together um, that we'll do before Christmas. But thank you to everybody who's listening to the show. Thank you to all the support we've had. This 
is a global frequency. Good night. Good night. Global frequency. This is the 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 global frequency.